0: It is Thursday the 17th of May 2018 and this is episode 332 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. I'm Chris here as ever, and Ian's with me, of course.
1: Uh, good evening, Chris. You right? Uh, I am. It was good to see you at the weekend. Good to see you racing in Scotland. I
0: actually came to Scotland and we actually met up. Amazing. It, it is amazing.
1: I mean, uh, even more amazing um, that we're we'll finally proven that Shaq's taller than you. <laughs> I, I I I I was duty bound to mention this
0: by Shaq today. I felt I feel cheated by the fact that I never really put effort into standing tall but you can't you know, i have i'm very <laughs> rounded shouldered you know and and pulling those pulling those bad boys back gives me at least another uh six foot
1: i i would say it was your defeatist attitude because as soon as they walked towards you you jumped up a step <laughs> yeah, and, and that just gave the game away <laughs> Nah. It was... anyway it was good to see you racing and it was good to see a second and a fourth
0: yeah that was not a bad result it's all and- good yeah, the the second position on the day two definitely made the drive back a lot, <laughs> a lot more fun than it would have been after day one. And who
1: know. who knew that um, Knockhill in in May would be like? It was tropical. Oh, I'm burnt. I've I've, I, lost, say, I've lost skin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, genuinely, it was <laughs> actually hot, almost too hot. Actually, but there you go. They Scotland. Who knew? They kept it secret. Um, Microsoft's been. Letting out its secrets at the Microsoft Build. Do you like that transition? That transition. Microsoft Build 2018. Um, basically, it's kind of tells us what they're doing, what they're up to. Windows 10 is building quite a nice um, user base.
1: Yeah. Quietly. Uh, yeah. Well, I still find I still find Microsoft really interesting because of Windows and Office were the big things, and it's almost not become the big things anymore. Mm.
0: Yeah, they talk about it less and less, but they're still an important, obviously, part of their portfolio. Anyway, they're up to 700 million users, which is pretty impressive, I'd say. Um, They've come up with a new app called uh, Your Phone, which is a way of having your phone sort of on your desktop. So instead of having to actually have your phone (laughs) physically by you, you could actually just have a virtualized version of it sat on your desktop so you can look at text messages and all those things that you normally just do on your phone, but you can do that on desktop. Quite an interesting concept. And it just shows you how
1: much they've changed. You go back five years, and it was like we won't talk, we won't mention Android or iOS because they don't Mm. exist. And and now it's like just embrace it all.
0: Microsoft 365 is their new. It's a combined subscription of Windows 10 plus Office 365. So basically, just taking that next step towards you know fully subscription based services. uh, And it's a sensible choice, really. So this is. Pretty much, you subscribe to that, and you've got your, your operating system and your uh, productivity applications all out the box. So that's office. That's uh, did they mention pricing on that?
1: Uh, no, uh, but but I think the way they've described you know Windows now as as you know Windows, you're not going to get a new version of Windows. It'll just continually evolve. It was kind of obvious that it was going this way.
0: Yeah, I, I think the ten might even you know surely it's just going to get to the point where we just call it Windows at some it'll point. Just be, it'll just
1: be Windows. You'll just have Office, and yeah. you'll have some cloud storage, and you'll just you'll just pay for it every year.
0: Microsoft's working with DJI to um develop drone technology. This is um consumer based drone technology though, rather than military kind of drone technology.
1: Yeah, so more um so more things like um farming and you know I guess like, like search and rescue. So we've seen DJI mm. talking about search and rescue quite a bit now. Cause it, it, in fact it was just it was just last week up here. Um, it was one of the mountain rescue teams are trailing it because the, you know, t- if you're if if you're a mountain rescue team and you're having to cover a, a massive area, stick a lot drone in your bag and and, and
0: a lot of the helicopter time is just spent with eyes on the ground, as it were, so yep. visual thing and and with that and anti- artificial intelligence, which we're going to talk about quite a fair bit recently, you know, in in all these announcements. Um, you, you could theoretically AI could potentially spot a, a human much better than a, a human eye would spot a human if you, if you like
1: yeah and, and some of the bigger DJI drones you know, have got um, infrared on them, and you know
0: the kind and it's just the expense of putting a helicopter up that's carrying humans uh, you can put a whole squad of uh, drones out doing the same job um, so yeah you can see you can see the benefits there um, yeah just on a cost basis so it's, yeah good stuff um, AI for accessibility. Um, so they're based, Microsoft are announcing that any AI tools that are being used to help people with disabilities, um, then they're they're going to give a fund, and there is going to be funding available. So they're putting twenty five million dollars up, uh, and you can apply for grants against that. Seems reasonable. Uh, 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 very good because AI I,
1: I still, I think it still gets some some dings by people so i think they're mm-hmm. obviously saying i mean it's like we can we can question it especially especially with the, the kind of fear factor of it like ai is going to take jobs away and AI is going to you know be uncontrollable and it's like but it's, it's got massive benefits
0: and, and yeah and, and again the sort of examples they're showing where predictive um sort of predictive forecasting of speech and that it can complete sentences where if you if you struggle with typing um or if you struggle you know with uh, audio visuals all those things ai can actually come and solve those problems like visual like with google lens they're talking you know identification of everything that's in your camera and again if you can bring that out in sort of accessible um, products then you know all these things can potentially lead to really good steps forward for people who are who do suffer a disability yeah and
1: also I mean, i'm looking for the ai driven podcast it's Got to be far more coherent than this
0: exactly <laughs> who knows maybe this is ai and we're we're just that advanced
1: have you been watching westworld <laughs> I've been reading
0: of Google, Well, reading about Google's I.O. We we'll come on to that later. Um, Azure is also uh, taking on the AI um, uh, mantra, I guess. So Azure is Microsoft's cloud technology and compute um, platform. And up till now, it's not really had any compute available for uh, artificial intelligence, but they've opened that up, and they've also opened up the frameworks for uh, people to hook into and and basically use the Azure network to start doing that AI. Compute level stuff, so that's in you know, again, just opens up these things to developers, and that's where the innovations really start ramping up. Then, um, product connect for Azure has also been available, so connect isn't really part of the Xbox um infrastructure anymore, uh, was kind of killed off after the launch of the one. Uh, however, the you know, they're, they're aware that the sensors are out there, also aware that there were people you know that were doing interesting things with those sensors, and now they've got. All of the kind of compute power again in Azure that you can then hook up the sensor to. It can have AI on the back of it, which is going to help with its an analysis of what the sensors are picking up. Uh, and actually, it's it's because of the extra compute power, and it's actually taken a ramp up. So they they reckon this is you know better than it's ever been, um, and 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 available to people outside of that kind of Xbox and gaming infrastructure. It could be really interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a good, I, I think it's a good example where Microsoft are going where it's all, Azure's a big thing, cloud's yep. a big thing. Um, and I'm not saying they're giving up on hardware because we're gonna come on and talk about a couple of, you know, or one specific hardware announcement they did well after build. Um, but no, uh, I, I, that looked... I don't know. I I wanted to go and dabble with that for some reason. It, just, it made me want to just, you know...
0: Microsoft traditionally extremely good at enabling developers with tools and tooling. So one of the reasons Xbox was so successful early doors was because the developer tools available for uh, people to put stuff onto the platform were so well-developed compared to uh, the Sony solutions and Nintendo solutions at the time. Um, so it became enticing. And I guess this having this compute block because so you know government organizations and like weather forecasters have always had these massive blocks of compute power when they want to go and do forecasts or when they want to go and solve complicated equations but with azure and these other associated technologies so other providers do similar things it just offers all that computing power to regular everyday users if you want to use it so it's it's just opening up that those possibilities it's not just this select few band of you know massive corporations using these kind of uh, you know efforts it's actually possible for you or i as you've said to go and dabble in these things if we want to in a relatively straightforward way as well
1: I, and cheaply you know and, and you can spin it up spin it up within minutes
0: yeah and you can and then get rid of it again so you don't have to you don't have to yeah. ever buy any hardware you can do all that kind of stuff Yeah, very good um hololens is also taken a step forward um we can now work with microsoft remote assist so effectively you can try and help solve computer problems with the hololens type technology and there's also some other bits about 3d models importing it um and I, I didn't really follow along with that
1: but <laughs> to me the remote assist looked quite interesting because it was a whole that the can the kind of the, the, the example was when some sort of electrical plant um engineered to fix this and I just Skype somebody in, show them what I'm looking at, have that have that chat where I've got Hololens on, and they're like, "Oh no, it's such and such in Japan." Skype him in, oh yeah, here's the guide, show shows them what to do, part replaced. You know, yeah. it's all about Holcomb, but I can see I can see the potential there for it. It's still a, a clunky big headset to put on, but you know that's going to evolve over the next five to ten years. Visual
0: Studio Live Share. Um, it's basically a, it's kind of an online collaboration version of their Visual Studio. So, um, if you, I guess it's like Google Docs for for, for Visual Studio kind of thing. So you can yeah, actually yeah. go and collaborate on programming efforts, uh, and it's pretty easy to to do. Um, and I've
1: been using um, um, VS Code, so Visual Studio Code. Uh, great code and slash text editor, and mm. you know, works. You know, great on Windows, great on Mac. You know, it's, it's become my default text editor just within the last probably months. Okay. And um, is it a
0: quite lightweight or
1: is it quite heavy? It's it well it's it's got so much plugin support um mm-hmm. and it and it gets all the updates via you know you know GitHub it's all Yeah, interesting. It's, all, okay. it's just I, I've been blown away by it. You know, really really impressed that it's come from
0: Microsoft. There you go, there's a pick somewhere in there, isn't there? Just oh, going to have a picks. play with that.
1: Yeah. yeah, we should resurrect that so I can ignore it for the next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh also Microsoft made the decision to cut their revenue Um, cut uh, cut their revenue cut. So from all sales of the Microsoft store, apart from a few select things like games, uh, they're going to cut down to 5% share. So developers will then get 95%. They're just trying to woo people across uh, to the Microsoft and try and make it a bit more financially viable rather than taking the chunk of like Google and Apple basically take about 30% of each sale. Um, Problem is 5% of nothing is still a lot less than 30% of... (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> you know 30 percent of several billion so no, oh,
1: you're right you're right yeah. but but they're doing the right thing to say developers the, the platforms here and i do i mean windows is still a huge market i think the, the the challenge is getting people to buy on that you know it's like i I see it between ios and android folk at work Uh people are quite happy to buy an app and others are like oh i'm not spending a pound on that
0: yeah Yep. Still, still happening, and
1: yep. it's just, it's the same when it comes to software.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um Surface Hub two from Microsoft. <laughs> Who knew? Um Surface Hub. We did talk about this quite a lot on on our podcast because I know you've Probably, you've used one. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: I've I've used one, and 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 I may know somebody that bought some. And um... so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, Service
0: Hub was this interactive whiteboard but it was kind of supercharged wasn't it so it had all the annotations but it was integrated with it was, all yeah, the audio it was and visual and all that kind of stuff an, an
1: 84 inch 4k um you know has a couple of cameras built in, lets you do collaboration um and it was a bit of a beast you know it's like watching a 4k youtube on it was very impressive mm. um but the but, it's, but it was expensive and you know it was a, it was massive you know even just shipping it around was was huge um, the, the, the difference with this is it's again I think it's back to you know, you need to really watch the video, which is great for an audio podcast to talk about watching the video.
0: It's in the show notes, though, so make sure you go to show notes and yeah, see it.
1: the um, it, it's just this really sleek design where you can go from landscape to portrait. It's got a camera; the camera's rotating round, and um, you can join from together. It's sharing video between them.
0: Uh, yeah, I've just see, I've just looked at the picture now, so it's like a little. It's kind of like an old-fashioned easel blackboard that you used to have the flip pad on, isn't it? Absolutely. But you can also then hang them side by side on a wall, and the bezel's small enough that actually you can set it into a super display.
1: And and what they're looking at is that It yes, it's in a, a you know conference room it's a you know or in some, you know, some sort of typical you know you know, conference in area. Um, but it's plugged into Office 365. You know, you can run Power BI on it. So they're making big, and I know it's very enterprise. Sorry, I've, I've switched into an enterprise podcast. But, you know, it's, it's it's what they're looking at is if you're sitting in a boardroom somewhere, you want to do a, and the demo is all about a kind of architecture guy, you know, sharing his vision. Um, but just being able to rotate it around, the engineering on it looks fantastic. And I think if you look at the engineering of recent Microsoft products from, you know, the Surface Pros to the Surface Book, you know, up to the, you know, the Surface Studio, I think it was called, the big kind of thirty inch one that rotated down and into Surface Hub. I, I think they're one of the few companies doing, you know, really smart I guess, engineering around what does a computer platform feel like today. I compare yeah, it to it Apple, the- who are doing I think nothing with Macs. And it's yeah. it's, it's it's startling the difference
0: because all those things like the physical dial and things like that, that we saw, that's all Microsoft innovation. And, and yeah, we're not seeing like, you know, you're right. We're not really seeing that anywhere else. And, and things like this little easel, it looks, it looks almost like it belongs in a, you know, a, a kid's um, play group. You know, it's like one of those old like boards and stuff, but actually it just looks smart because it's, it's sleek. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. you're right. It, they There's a buzz around it and there's, it's more interesting that we haven't seen any interest from Apple on that front. they, they, Constantly produce amazing products, so you shouldn't overlook that. But, exactly, but, but it's not. You wouldn't say it's exciting. You no, know? and I still
1: see the dings around against Microsoft. Of yeah, but the software's garbage and the hardware fails twenty percent of the time. And it's like, but just be careful. You know, yeah. Apple keyboards right now. You know, there's a there's a, there's a class action in America yeah. around how bad the keyboards are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're. I don't think they're in a particularly great place. Yes, the iPhone's amazing. Yes, iPads have, have won that market. But they've not replaced Macs, they've not replaced the compute products. We're yet. still waiting for that. Maybe June, maybe June this year we'll uh, hear more about that. Exactly. But I I just I, I love the ambition that Microsoft's got. they they're putting big bets on things and and that I think that they're gonna to start to capture the same the same there's a danger that in the same way that I was a PC guy, you know, fifteen years ago and I looked at Max with envy. Yep. and it eventually tempted me over and I've, I've, there's a there's the same danger that creatives and certain folk will go you know what i can just Actually, run most of what i want and, on, a, and, on a Windows and maybe
0: machine. who knows maybe this move to having arm-based chips inside uh of their their main com- desktop computers for apple could if that causes any stink and causes uh, yeah. problems who knows maybe that is the jump point because at that point they see that all their software works flawlessly on a on a well matured operating system that in in many ways for a lot of people it actually is, is a nicer Windows management tool. So yeah. <clears throat> and
1: as I said, the whole the whole way Microsoft are now approaching, you know, the way the open source stuff, the way they they're you know, they're embracing things like, you know, GitHub, as I said, I've mentioned, you know, Visual Code. It's just a, and it's been solid as you know. It's, and so I'm many great. of the
0: corporations are now beyond that whole problem of getting locked into ancient software. They've actually been forced beyond it and into virtual services and, and stuff like that, which actually means they'll never have that issue again. Yeah. Um Yeah. So actually, that that's an interesting. You know, maybe you're right. You know, ten years' time is a long time in that in those kind of arenas and things that we think of these BMOS that can't be moved right now. They're, Microsoft proved it by losing out, and now we're in that situation where who knows? Maybe Apple are in that position as well. Yeah,
1: well, I never, I, you'd never thought Microsoft wouldn't have a mobile platform, you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and they, and they don't, and and they're, and they're they're flourishing without it.
0: Google I/O has also been going on, so big big time for announcements and stuff. So they've been chatting away on a nice open air stage. That what looks impressive. mental. Yeah, it was like a little carnival, wasn't it? it was like a big hat that they all big big top.
1: I was just thinking like, you know, I'm going to get, I would, and, and I, ironically I get burnt at the weekend afterwards, but I was looking at it thinking <laughs> if I was sitting there, I'd be fried by now. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, you're right. But um, it's still, it's quite a nice, you know, quite a nice, nice environment. So it felt like a kind of festival rather than a, rather than a, cause, you know, it was a, a, an announcement hall. Also it was. the screen that they had behind them looked fantastic. Because mm, even outdoors, it was still very good. It was just amazing. It? I was like, well, how, how are they doing that? so they've they've done their announcements quite a few to sort of skip through as we go so Google photos um obviously they've this has been a little little gem inside of Google for a while now, and they've always been enhancing it with little features and they've basically added more so AI as ever is the big thing, so they're using AI to colorize black and white old black and white photos so theoretically they can take a black and white photo and actually add color back into it um and and there's various other bits of Bob's as far as uh, Know, identification and and clever adjustments and improvements to your photo against uh, just uh, sort of exposure and all that kind of stuff. So, kind of what you might expect uh, with trying to add that AI into that that photos arena. But it, but it's also a really nice way and has been for ages of you know a simple backup of all your photos in all your applications. It hooks into everything. It's across iOS and it's across Android. So it's a it's a nice central resource. It's kind of where all my photos end up, and I really enjoy enjoy them being there.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm the same. Um, I, I I use it. I don't probably use it enough. I still mm-hmm. get. I'm still very confused about what I need to do with photos. Um, yeah, well what the hell do I want to do with them? Yeah, uh, and and they end up with Flickr, which is probably yeah. not not the right answer. Maybe um, it will th- be in soon though. Th- yeah, th- one one interesting one was the fact that they're, they're bringing it a whole of APIs so that developers can now plug into Google Photos, and I think again that's going to make it a really you know really strong service because the developer now knows that the, you know lots of people have it and. You know, definitely Android, but also an iOS.
0: Yeah. For me, it just happens automatically, and I say it's such an easy place for me to go, and if I want to download or share them, it's easy for me to do that as well. And so the search great. on it's so
1: good. Yeah, See, searching for, for, like, properly searching like, you know, car, beach, bridge.
0: Yeah, Google Smart Display is going on sale in July. Um, so these are they're screens, but they're, they've are they got smart speakers, so they've got Assistant in them. Um, we Probably did cover them from CES. Um but like, like
1: the... What's the Amazon one called? Um, show? Show. Something? Yeah, you're right. It's like that.
0: Yeah. Um, how big are these displays then? I mean, what what kind of size are we talking?
1: Um, let me Google and find out.
0: Yep. So that's that's coming anyway. So yeah, assistant with a screen option, which, which is sensible, especially things like kitchen environments where you're looking at menus or whatever or looking at recipes, sorry, um, things like that. Um, they're doing six new Google Assistant voices, including John Legend. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess if you're really interested in doing that, what what is interesting is that they can take a human voice now, uh, and they can simulate it to you know just sound you know as in they can turn your voice into an assistant voice and it will then say whatever they want it to say with all your nuances and all those kind of things. I find that quite interesting.
1: Um, screen sizes, just to close that yeah. off. 8 and 10 inch from Lenovo. There's a couple of others that are doing 7 and 8, you know, 8.4. So I guess kind of large, large phablet to tablet
0: sizes. And we'll include YouTube, which I think the Amazon show currently isn't, uh, <laughs> showing, <shall we? laughs> which is a bit of a shortcoming. So there you go. Um, Oh, and probably the highlight of all these uh, demos uh, and awards, this is uh, Google showing their new assistant. So they presented us, uh, you know, a situation where you might want to get a hairdressing appointment, but your local hairdresser doesn't have an online booking system. So an assistant can't go and hook into that. But they said, well, how about we get our assistant to make a phone call? So it showed a demo of someone saying, make me a hairdressing appointment at such and such a place between 10 and 12 um, on such and such a date. And the Google Assistant then probably rang the... um, I mean, they said that this was a a real call and it did sound potentially like a real call. Um, And it rang the hairdressers and it basically had a full conversation uh, saying that it was trying to book a hair appointment for the the client um what times are available and it, the interaction between the real person and the assistant the, the voice sounded properly uncanny valley it was um you know you wouldn't know that I wasn't a human uh, and and the 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 sort of intonation and also the little pauses and mm-hmms and things like that were just absolutely spot on so they kind of gave caveats to say that it doesn't always work out this well and we often have to have our engineers jump in um to yeah, jump in to just to take over if things look like they're going wrong. But if that was in any way not staged and actually, you know, was the one time it really nailed it, it's it did nail it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I mean, as you say, it's stunning. It was a I was a bit suspicious that it was a canned. I mean, I'm I'm saying it's a canned demo, so I'm I'm guessing it's probably not there that it works every time. As you've said, an engineer can jump in and stuff like that. Um, and they
0: and they were open with that. They said it's not working all the time. Yeah. This happens. This th- you know this is a real interaction, and this this worked. But they didn't have to. Yeah.
1: I'm also not sure if I. There's been a bit of a debate. I'm not sure where I sit on should it make it obvious that it is AI mm. or should it you know some adding in the pauses or hmm, um, you know that kind <laughs> of thing. Should it should it do that or should should it, should should you and I as as like a human know that I'm talking to somebody real or not? And right now because interesting because people are saying they feel that's, that's that's uncomfortable and it's like but you're talking to chatbots right now and they've been pretending to be human for years yeah, and yeah, you're quite you happy know. having uh you know you're everybody does it you jump on a website and it'll say like amy a nice yeah. looking picture amy amy's available to chat and it's like
0: amy's not real and you never you know, at some point amy may become real when the chatbot's done its first direction to the right place as yeah. it were yeah um so yeah so there are interesting along all these things there are interesting moral dilemmas as to whether is that something that we should worry about or is that something because to the to the person does it matter whether that is an ai or not um but yeah or should it it say up front i am an ai chatbot
1: uh, yeah and there's also there's all sorts of things about how it it can phone up and get like opening hours, so it knows to to then phone at later times and all sorts of stuff. And it's well, they, said also,
0: they said it's really interesting from their Google Maps point of view, where they've got they collect all that data for as far as what time does your local garage open. But that garage won't necessarily have a website, so they know the garage exists. They can find a phone number and they can actually get this automated bot to ring them up and check what time of their openings hours over a certain period or bank holidays even. So. They can set up vast systems where there's no there's no data of directly available um, for them to pick it up online, but they can go and talk to a human and get that data.
1: Amazing. It, it was it was really impressive. It would just be interesting if a year from now, whether we a remember it or b actually see it in use, because it that's still well, only... will we know it's even happening? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? Google's got a bit of a rep for io showing you amazing things, yeah. and it just never you never see it again. Um, they reckon but...
0: they've been working on this for years though and like you can understand that you can tell that, that was a very mature conversation it had with you know to and and if you tell a if you tell a human that they're talking to a computer a robot they'll act differently so and maybe that will then start confusing the situation and people go into that weird computer talk that you sometimes go into when you're trying to get information or what you know how you know you know how you need to google something as in when you type in the search you do it you don't really type it in a natural way you just do it in the way that you know you're going to get your answer and will that start happening with computers and and actually what they really need to do is understand natural talk which is natural talk
1: it was a a booking demo i was so impressed with it. kind of asking for a gap getting a
0: different gap giving the first name correctly yeah Ah, it was like wow yeah it's all good amazing stuff um, so we also saw Android P. So I haven't really kept up to date with this, but this is their next operating system. Uh, and they reckon that's... It's, whereas last, the last one we had um, was pretty much underlying structure updates. So it wasn't that uh, spectacular as far as a user-based uh, front end was concerned. This one is looking really ambitious
1: yes so there's two or three bigger big themes in this and and it, we saw it in other bits of, of um IO this year it's almost like they're saying you don't need to use this device and we're going to tell you actually it's going to stop looking at youtube right now you've been on it for four hours and you need a break Interesting, um, so
0: it's, it's yeah so it's i think they they called it their digital well-being right yeah
1: and um i i, and I thought thought i thought it was a really interesting approach because they're so first of all, they've got some tools, and it's not just tools. As in, they have slapped an app on Android. This is all baked in at the you know the kind of core Android level, mm-hmm. so other apps can then you know jump on in this. Um, and it was all about it trying to trying to you know give you a bit of u time. You know, so I, I, it's almost answering this whole thing about are we addicted to phones? Are we addicted to these devices? We can't let them go. I've got to answer this. I've got to respond to it, and it's like no. And um, and and they've got some dashboards which says here's how many here's how how you've used your phone here's how many notifications you've raised and there's like charts there and part of me was like I don't know if people would be that interested I would be interested but I'm one of these kind of like data geek type people I I it's I know I know a couple of folk, what like I don't want to know that
0: maybe maybe not no, but it's... the the conversation going around at the moment is is all a bit negative towards how screens are taking over our lives. Uh, And so this is almost getting ahead of that conversation to the point where they see it being negatively received. And therefore, how about we put in tools that are going to allay people's fears and we can then come forward and say, look, look how much effort we've put into making sure that our products... Are not impacting you um, negatively, in the way that we know that that there is you know there's there are studies to say that you c- you can get addicted to taking selfies, you can get addicted to this that and the other. And hey, we're we're taking a stand on this. We're giving you the tools that if you want to use them, they're there for you. And and you know, <laughs> and it's not bad that we're collecting all this nice usage data in the background. Thank you very much.
1: And and that was one of this. St- this was the second part of the dashboard. So the dash- so it's giving you information, but it's also letting you take control. So you can pick Twitter and say. At maximum of 30 minutes a day. yeah. And it'll start to, as you get close to that, it'll tell you, by the way, you're getting close to it, um, a pause, and it, they called it a paused app. So basically, it's once you've hit that limit, it's paused. And so in the, in the article I'm, I'm, I read, it was talking about it's a form of parental control. And yeah. So it's basically saying, no, you've, you've had your dose today. Um, and I actually thought that was a, you know, it's, it sounds quite draconian, but in some ways, it's quite healthy, you know, to actually take control of some of these things. I've, I have seen, you know, and I don't don't want to name it. Anymore. I've seen people who are <laughs> they're constantly now on a chat service and they can't, you know, middle of meetings and you just want to it's like, No, you don't, yeah. put it away.
0: This is and, this is starting you, to you, take over your life. And you will have noticed yourself, you will have those almost down times of the day when you constantly return to your phone checking to see whether another notification has happened yeah. and every you swipe a bit and you know there's there's no notifications, then you put it back down and yeah. a few minutes later you pick it up and then there may be a ding and you immediately pick it. So you you do it's almost like you're craving that thing. And actually, if it at that point, you know, pretty much said to you, You've you've used up your limits today. Um, we're not gonna give you this, that and the other and I'm not gonna ping at you. You might as well just go and do something maybe a bit more bit different from just looking uh, at your screen. So
1: one of my other friends he he found it was it wasn't under social pressure, it was just he was wanting to be focused on other things. He found incessant WhatsApp messages in a, in a few different groups and it was just bull that was coming through and he's like i don't need this and it's it, i do you can not get need into this.
0: whatsapp stress i get whatsapp stress where it does ping at you you feel like you need to read it you read it and you think i'm just wasting my time and then it happens again and again and again and you just oh my god just shut up you just yeah. wanted to tell it to shut up so he's
1: he's um, somebody might think it's a stream. he's he's shut it down he just he's left it and then um, a few people were like and he's like hold on you've got my you've got my mobile number if you need me you can text me yeah. This is my choice. Nobody's hacked me off. I've just had enough. I don't need this, and he feels so much better for it. Yeah. You know, he just just like I don't need this. Um, so there's a couple other things. A proper do not disturb. You know, so rather than just a do not disturb, but it it's just silence it. It's actually I'm not going to show you notifications either because because if you've got to do not disturb on every time you see a notification, people are still oh what is that yeah. what's that telling me? You don't yeah. need to know. Um. A couple of other things. So, notifications was was also about. um it, it it's just they're trying to make them more intelligent, and I think iOS have tried this. I know Android have tried this a number of different ways to try and give you more control over notifications, make them more intelligent. So, in P again, they're trying to do a lot more to try and it, it, almost to make it more tailorable for you. And Android always has been. Yeah. And some of the you don't need to see some of the demos. And um, so you can see, what I mean, so it's like if you're getting a, a, a notification, I'm trying to think of a good example, like like Twitter, for example, you have set up a notification and, and all of a sudden you start tweeting, you know, you're on a rage and you start and you're like, and you just keep on saying, hide them. Eventually it says, you just want to hide all of these. Yeah, it's like you don't need to see this you know something's happening you don't need to see this right now so there's a there's a number of things in there Um round about navigating around the screen if, if i'm not saying they have copied because there's lots of people done. i think palm did it years ago or web webOS did it years ago um but a, a lot more um gestural navigation mm, so a lot of swiping one. around and i've found in the iphone 10 i'm so much faster compared to the iphone Seven work phone that I've got, which has still got the button and doesn't have the, the, the swiping around, it just feels a much more natural way to use. use They're saying
0: them. there's a kind of half swipe up to get to a certain set of settings, and there's a full swipe up which gets you to your app lists, um, and, and various other things. I mean, we've we've talked about this in the past where you know. Apple was almost getting to the point where you you were missing features because it wasn't obvious and intuitive but it sounds like they've kept it just to the the basics of you know general swipes which are now fully you know understood by most people um even if they're found accidentally the first time kind of think that you can just swipe up from the bottom swipe down from the top um I think people do now realize that little draws you can pull out um, so it sounds like they've kept it just about to the level which is acceptable but if you suddenly have to be swiping diagonal marks to get to certain areas of things it's, it's I, that's where I, I think it's going too far and, and
1: it's not got to that um, yeah. and it's the same it's the same on the iphone it's not got to that either and there's just uh, just some very natural kind of feeling things so they've also <clears throat> they've also got a kind of new overview screen um so rather than seeing all the thumbnails that you tend i have seen thumbnails but it's more like app icons that you mm-hmm. t- tend to see the kind of Try to hide that away, um, and just trying to make it you know. So it's trying to predict the apps about what you're going to be looking for, and you can bring up a you know a, an easy way of bringing up search, which I think used to be there and has now been brought back again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a whole with a little tweaks around it, so it's a but it's a fairly big update from a kind of how how the kind of Android front end looks and how you how you actually interact with it. And I think that will take time to you know probably. You know, people to understand it no doubt through the beaters they'll ch- change and tweak it as they get feedback
0: they'll get negative feedback because that people do about anything that changes but whether that you know going forward is that i mean the certainly the people who've held this thing and used it so far say it takes a little while to get used to but actually we're talking minutes rather than hours uh it's it's no big it's no big deal because they are removing uh things i think the back button's going in certain situations and the kind of the I don't know what they call it, the multitasking type button, that's going to disappear off and that's going to be replaced by other functionality, things like locking the rotation of a screen. So that if you want to put something in landscape and not have it rotate when you sort of twist your phone to show someone, then it'll give you those kind of things up front, which is quite a nice little, little touch.
1: Yeah, and, and probably the final thing, because I'm just conscious that, that time, time is ever or anything. Yeah. Um, so there's action slices. So these are like deep links into apps. So see when you're searching for something, um, it shows up like slices from an app, so it shows, it's almost like a subset of what the app's um, user interface is. So you're not really launching the app, but it's bringing part of that to what you're looking for. So again, I think that's going to make, I think it's going to make the operating system in Android feel a lot quicker to use because you're not jumping between different applications. You're doing it in one place, interacting. I think the, the demo was ordering a lift. Um and you're doing that order. And you've not had to go to the app and do it. And I think the final complete takes you to the app, but you've already, you know, got time and place already added in. So re- really neat. Um, they also touched on that, updates. There's always a, and I usually do it when you talk about Android. I'll always go, yeah, but you know, if there's 0.5% of people will see these updates. You know, there's nobody going to see them. Um, <clears throat> but what they're doing this year is that the betas aren't just coming out on Google's own you know, Pixel and Nexus. They're also coming to Sony Xperia. Uh, Nokia 7, there's
0: the OnePlus 6. So. So, so yeah, basically big flagship models <laughs> beyond and outside of Google's main empire. But the ones that do keep generally speaking to raw Android rather than the ones that pile a load of crap on top of it. So, um, But yeah, it's really positive that we've seen that the fact that all these yeah the betas are coming out early um that's a that's a sign that hopefully the the rollout won't be too problematic and they've and they've said for the last few updates that some of the background things that they're doing are to try and make sure that updates are easier to work for you know providers going forward Hmm. what's p gonna stand for then they have not said popcorn oh pop tart uh, peanut butter could be peanut butter Well, yeah, it's not peanut butter. Is not just a pudding, though. It'd have to be peanut butter cup or something, wouldn't it? Hmm. I think popcorn. Have we had popcorn yet? Popcorn
1: was that not the shady pilot bay alternative for watching (laughs) movies? (laughs) Don't know. There you
0: go. Um, they announced a few other things so that was the main kind of operating system updates but um, Google News they did um, ping out that they were doing a whole new overhaul on their news feed again AI the big thing talking about that they're basically going to curate content from all over the place and, and show it to you in a nice um, sort of as, as a topic based stream uh, so you can have local news and national news and the main stream of stuff um, coming in um, so you can look at that and I've I've not dug in. I don't know if it's even available yet to us. But it's it's kind of like a combination. Yeah, so a combination. So it is available. I'm being shown it uh, in front of my eyes. Um, uh, yeah, it looked good. I don't know if you've had any play arounds with it. Um, yeah, quite quite slick. Um...
1: In in some ways, it's it's probably similar to other. You know, they've they've tried this before, and Apple have been trying it as well. So aggregating sources and then trying to say, well, because you've read this, you'll also like this, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so it 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 does need a, a little bit of training. And and we, we've touched on it before about you know, so straight away it showed me a daily mail article. and I'm like, I'm not interested in that. I don't you know hide it away, but then you, you end up in your own little.
0: That's it. You end up in your echo chamber again. So yeah. Uh, and 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 I guess that's the thing. What they're they're also suggesting that this is this can be considered a a good source of reliable news. Uh, and yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you or I are cynical about the Daily Mail, but it does meet the, the views of many other people. That's why it exists and it has sustained itself. So just because it doesn't agree with our particular viewpoint on life, uh, doesn't mean that it's not equally valid in to, to weirdos. I agreed. agreed. <laughs> google lens is um moving into the camera app so it's been google lens is the thing where it looks at a picture and it can identify loads of stuff in it and it can assess what that picture is um, but it's so far it's going kind to of be left on its own little um area but they're going to move it in certain key uh phone devices actually to the camera app itself um so it can do all that identification it can do all that analytics actually and analytics when you actually take a photo and again there's quite a few devices that are going to support this so it's not just again in the google empire it's going to take those big kind of um big what I'm, i can't remember the word i'm looking for the you know the big released phones they're going to also have this in their camera and who knows what that's going to bring uh again i'm sure it's going to bring some resistance in some respect but but additionally it's going to show what is possible Interesting,
1: agreed. Agreed. No, I don't like is really nice. I think moving it out. I'm moving it into the actual camera app. I, I, I'm just wondering if they try to be more protective around that being in a you know, so that won't be an iOS, you know, that will be an Android kind of key, you know, tent mm. feature.
0: Google Maps is getting augment- augmented reality directions and recommendation features. Didn't really pick up on this. So, what's
1: oh, this is this was awesome. So, this was a great demo. They've not written this is again, a lot of ding on because they showed lots of things and it's, it's coming later in the year. It's not mm-hmm. it's not here at the moment. Um but this was, was basically, you know, you, you get lost with a lot of compass, you're you're rotating around to try and find out which direction and and it's like why don't you just why don't you just hold up your phone? And they just showed you this great demo of kind of street view merging into real, you know. And this is what like, you should be looking at and this is the direction you're yeah. going yeah. And, and then they just showed you things like that you know, remember the Google Glass, and it mm-hmm. would show you the little arrows for it, it's got in Google Maps. So the, maps, so it's the arrows go down the street,
0: it's moving it from being just in front of your eye to actually just holding up your phone. To, yeah, to absolutely.
1: It, yeah. And it's just making it easy. You know, it's just taking away. You know, I don't need to figure this out. And they showed you little things like a little AR fox, might be the, the, you know, instead of like a big you arrow, along, A know, little fox know. is going around a corner, but you need to follow the fox.
0: Take your shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Take aim. <laughs> Um so yeah,
1: uh just I, I I still think maps is a is by far one of the best Google products ever. It's just a lot. Long... Well,
0: now when you go online and it's that whole collab, you know, you can literally zoom into a town and it's all 3D modeled based on their kind of photo pickups and stuff. It's just unbelievable. I just it's you know, you re, if you ever worried about where where can I go and park and stuff like that, I always use Google Maps to just hey it's going to be easy or it's oh, it's going to be hard, so I need to plan this a little bit more. You yep. can zoom into the street level and you can actually physically see what it's going to be like. You, when you look at a map, you, you never know truly what it's going to be like, but whether it's built up, you know, big built up. But as soon as you go into maps, you put satellite on and as soon as you get to street level, it's, it's like, great. oh, my God, I've been there. I have been here. It's uncanny. Yeah, and, and, it. and accurate. And accurate. And it's, yeah, extremely up to date. And then their whole navigation as well is has never never failed me yet the the whole you know navigating and the no. road delays and all that kind of stuff it's, it's it's unbelievable unlike
1: apple maps and carplay but that's for another day
0: you can now put linux apps onto chrome os officially so they're actually going to be releasing um is it debian yeah debian stretch so they you're going to allow you to install that and that means you can run your uh, chrome os as a linux box if you want that's fully fledged with operating system and, and visuals not just a shell in Useful for some people who want a nice cheap dev box, I guess.
1: Yeah, and also means that back in a cheap Chrome tablet all of a sudden can do a lot more.
0: Can yeah, it's a bit more flexible than just a browser, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have oh, we're outside of I O now, really. So we UK broad speed, broadband speeds have been going um, steadily upwards, which is nice to hear. Um, and they reckon there's a twenty eight percent increase for most people. Um, in the downloads, and there's been a forty-four percent increase in the uploads, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, they in, they reckon a typical household is now consuming one hundred and ninety-nine gigabytes of data a month.
1: Unbelievable. I would, I would hate to see what I'm doing. I must admit, because mm, I don't think about it anymore, really. No, it's, uh, I I, I do know, I do know one one person who's still on a fixed. Um, I'll only consume this much a month. Mm-hmm. I'm like you're, you're mad, it's just it, yeah definitely. I mean, stop thinking about it.
0: I, I'm with Zen. I think I do have a limit, but they've constantly moved that limit well beyond. So um, you've never been probably near I've, it. I've I've never not that I've not that I'm aware of. I remember at some points it used to tell me I'm halfway through, and now nowadays I don't even get that because they moved it on. And I guess 190 gigabytes a month is. You know, that's pretty much <laughs> watching Netflix like most evenings, nearly all the time. I guess that's just incredible, especially with the 4K stuff. Um, yes, you Netflix. can kind of see why they were nervous around all those services. Exactly. How am I going to support that? But it sounds like they've actually got that under control, and the underlying backbones now of uh, sufficient width that, that that's that's not such an issue anymore.
1: Yeah, and I saw. I mean, I saw uh, there was a there was a widely shared. Um, a widely shared um, survey done, and it showed you just that the only the only increase um, in people watching TV was over 65s. But mm-hmm. if you looked at if you looked at under, I think it was under 25s, it's has dropped forty percent in mm-hmm. the last year. And just and I, I, what I mean by TV is the fixed channels.
0: Yeah, the terrestrial or the yeah. even Sky, or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's all just now streaming box sets. Um, YouTube. It's moved quickly, hasn't it? Oh, hugely. Uh, and there's still there'll still be for all the generations there'll be a will be a whole load yeah, of, of you know I I don't want to move to that but uh, you know so I wonder you wonder how many people are watching news now just, yeah I mean that's because be you really dropping
0: mm, and and I guess we've seen that in in you know that those kind of channels are suffering that they're yeah they're no longer the beacons that they used to be you know they 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 get a bit more of a second rate view but yeah also that we should think from society's point of view that's not necessarily a positive thing either so um so there there are downsides to this new approach because if you're only ever getting things you like uh it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you're getting everything you need uh yeah sorry and just sum up those figures there's still that that rural dip um of availability where people aren't taking up the kind of um the kind of super fast type they're either it's not properly available for them, or they're just not interested in getting it uh, in in some areas. So, anyway, it seems like we're going in the right direction, and it can always it can always be better. And I think we've spoken a number of stories before where that there are plans to to make that better. Um, the Equifax breach—we've been hearing more um, about the kind of data that's been leaked because. Uh, Equifax kind of came forward and eventually said, well, we didn't have to tell you about a lot of this stuff and we only had to tell you about certain bits of it. So we only did tell you about certain bits of it, but now we've decided, okay, we'll give you full disclosure. And actually there's an awful lot of things like scans of driver licences, scans of passports, scans of this, that, and the other credit cards, all all those kind of things were exposed as part of this, but they hadn't really fully explained that uh, up until this point. Obviously, whoever got in and got all this data, this is an absolute honeypot.
1: Yes. And and it's it's just the second bit nine months later. And and you might you look at some of the figures and you think, ah, it's not that many. It's only thirty eight thousand driver licences, it's only twelve thousand social security and taxpayer ID cards, it's three thousand passports, but that is that is three thousand people that for the last nine months haven't known that. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. For the last nine months, because I had an identity absolutely raped by somebody else. Yeah,
0: and and, and who knows what that shameful. means? No, no one really knows what's what. You know what those kind of things are capable of. But by the time you've managed to pick up someone's, you know, someone presenting themselves with all this data, there there are many fraud checks that would then consider them to be a safe. That is, that's who they say they are. Uh, you know, you've got all the key bits of data that I need to be able to prove that you are who you are online, even though they're not. Because you know they've stolen that data, so yeah, yeah, it was bad um Facebook's been closing fake accounts over half a billion of them um in the first few months of two thousand eighteen um and it's been kind of doing checking what whether they're doing spam posts, things like that. we all know that they're still many, many, many more millions of accounts that are just sat there. I create I create accounts <laughs> regularly just to do testing. It's like we're going to
1: confess to that. I create accounts to spam the
0: world. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to do login testing. And obviously once you've yeah. logged into a provider, it's really difficult because, you know, you've used up that identity. And so if you want to do further testing, you need another account. And there's not too many solutions that they've presented to me to be able to just te- create a temporary account to do that, which would be nice. But anyway, so we know that their metrics are going to change based on the fact that they've already shut down this half a billion and there's there's going to be plenty more that they could um but interesting that they yeah they're also trying to be a bit more vocal about the actual work they're doing to get rid of hate speech so they've got rid of two two and a half million pieces of hate speech nearly two million million pieces of terrorist propaganda uh three and three and a half million pieces of graphic violence um 21 million of pieces of content uh you know with nudity or sexual activity so they're trying to be a bit more vocal about These are the things that we're doing. Look, we're doing massive stuff. But still, the news is all about, yeah, they're not doing enough. So um, th- they're going to have to address that because the backlash is real.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess they're hoping at some point AI really does
0: <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're pinning helping. their hopes on it, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Twitter's doing similar thing, really, to tackle harassment. It's now using the response of users to certain... Uh, like, if, if, if a bulk tweet is tweet is or pushed to a multiple the same tweet is pushed to multiple people the reaction to that tweet is going to affect how that user's account is dealt with so if you if one user sends the same message to multiple people and they block them or just you know they, they otherwise downplay their 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 content then that person will have his account or her account uh, reduced in its effectiveness. Uh, and if, uh, so, you know, alternately if, if someone likes the tweet and hearts it or follows it or whatever, retweets it, then that would be uh, considered a, a strong plus point towards that tweet so that it wouldn't be treated in the same way. So they're going to use those kind of metrics now to identify when something is being har- harassment and, and derogatory rather than positive and, um, uh, What's another word like that?
1: Yeah, more it, uh, and it's 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 good to do something. I just, I, I as I read it, I thought but you're just going to get lots of people making sure that they're they're, they're hurting things, and you know it's. I, I don't know. I guess we'll let's 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 be positive. Let's give them a chance to roll this out. You know, yeah. so Jack Dorsey said it's one of the biggest
0: impact things that they've done so far. So let's And I think with the size of the metrics happens. they're talking about, I think it'd be hard to game it or I think it'd be hard to you yeah. know it will become clear if if you if someone suddenly just gets blocked for their um statement, then you know, it may become clear quicker when these sort of dummy and fake accounts are um yeah, less less socially acceptable. Um, Twitter's also I don't know I'm not backtracking on its API legacy API support we talked about a few weeks back um, where they were going to remove this API it was going to affect a load of um, existing Twitter clients things like that it was going to take away streaming API service Um, they They've delayed the introduction of the removal of the API. They've clarified a few things to developers and they're hopefully going to give them some pricing points, which is one of their main bugbears, was the fact that you're taking these things away from us. You said that we can potentially get a kind of uh, an enterprise support for some of these things but you're not telling us how much that's going to cost us and you're removing them before we've had a chance to actually do anything to resolve the situation so back twitter have kind of come back and explain some of these things um but effectively they have said we're still doing this um and and yes and it's and, and really it will still affect those applications we've talked about before so tweetbot and twitterific and things like that
1: yeah i i, I do body i've got to be honest um so, you know, August 16th, um, this new API or the API change will come into effect. And and it's, it's, it's interesting that they've described, uh, um, as a few developers have noticed, there's no streaming connection capability or home timeline data, which are only used by a small amount of developers, roughly 1% of monthly active apps. But those apps include... You know the ones you've just mentioned. You know, like Tweetbot mm. and Twitter, I think, which are which are huge. Yeah, and especially on the Mac, you you know, Twitter. You know, but don't have it. a desktop client anymore. Yep, I, I'm not using the website. You know, so they, mm. they will, ultimately there's a danger. And also, you talked about pricing. So one of the so Tweetbot released a new version three for Mac the day before this announcement came out, and they did say in the announcement, you know, you know things are changing. We've seen it, and Tweetbot will still work quite well. You know it won't mm-hmm. give you the streaming, but I'll update every couple of minutes with tweets, and you'll still be able to search and do other things. But the worrying bit is around pricing. You know, so some of the pricing that's come out with something—it was about two and a half thousand dollars for two hundred fifty users. They yeah, was- have a lot more users than that, and they will not be able to afford no. that kind of price point. I just, you know, I I I do I do worry that this is Twitter saying, yeah, we've got lots of developer options, but but they're untenable for you know most of them so I, I i do have a fear i really do have a fear
0: the OnePlus 6 has been uh, announced uh, this is the OnePlus their, their big selling point is that they are a premium um, phone at a significantly cheaper price point than uh, the kind of latest iPhone uh, offerings or the latest any any top end phone offerings They're about half their price uh, and the OnePlus 6 looks like it's another nice step along the way. Nothing particularly revolutionary about it, um, but it does... Uh, it's got it, a notch. What do you want to be? <laughs> So it has now got the full kind of bezel approach with a little cut out just where the kind of various bits of hardware sat. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and again, it has got some pretty serious hardware underlying all this um it's going to be one of the phones that's involved in all the latest android p betas and the uh, in- integration of the um lens into the f- the, f- the camera and things like that um and like i say it's say its killing point is the fact that with all this extra hardware with all this sort of amazing stuff that's powering this and 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 all the reviews say it, it is blazingly fast um the price point is, yeah, just over half of a, an iPhone X, so that's that's hard to ignore.
1: Yeah, you know, so five hundred twenty nine dollars with with six gig of RAM and six four of storage. So, you know, if you compare it to, so if you keep on Android, if you compare it I guess to Galaxy, um, you know, or even the the, the P Well, they're all starting about a thousand as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so, you know, so yeah. you're you're probably not far off half price, or maybe just over half price, which is a, a massive difference.
0: I've really enjoyed my I've really enjoyed my OnePlus, so I'm on a OnePlus three and it would be nice to upgrade. I haven't got any cash to do it at the moment, but um you know, it would certainly take a lot for another handset to take over. I, I've seen the you know, the kind of performance that I can get out of this this device and, and I, I don't really want to spend why would I want to spend a thousand when I can spend five hundred quid basically? Um twenty second of May that's out for people in North America and across Europe as well.
1: Uh, the interesting bit for me is also a storage. So if you look at the UK pricing, so 4.69 for 64 gig, and 5.19 for 128, and 5.69 for 2.56. I I thought that was also really keen for the... Because I've seen in the past, you know, a double in the storage, space, it's 10 usually is a 100 quid. Yeah, it was a mate, yeah, yeah. So, so again, I thought really or you know, for you're getting you know four times for another hundred quid.
0: It almost sounds like component pricing rather than yeah. just adding it for the sake of yep. just saying it's going to cost you know that much more.
1: So you're you're a One Plus Three,
0: yeah, One Plus Three. Are you tempted or are you are, still yeah, 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 definitely, definitely tempted. But my One Plus Three is still operating. It's got a few quirks and niggles now, which it never used to have. But it's it's still because of the fact that it was so powerful when I bought it. It's mm. still keeping up nicely, and I'm pretty sure it'll keep up with the new android p as well the only thing that's that's starting to flag a little bit is now the battery um but mm. but given that it it does it's got something called dash charge which basically charges the whole phone in a in about 30 minutes 45 minutes so actually it's never really that much of an issue um but yeah so i am tempted uh, and certainly if i wasn't racing cars and spending all my money on that i would definitely get it <laughs> get get it, get it yeah uh, we've seen Nintendo come up with their um, uh, online paid subscription, since we last spoke, so um, you can now, well, you will soon be able to subscribe to their online offering, so a bit like Xbox Live and Nintendo Switch. It doesn't have audio that's going still going to go through their weird phone app system, but It has got cloud save capability, which is nice because that was one thing that was always a niggle on on the switch that if you saved uh, something onto the one switch, you couldn't transfer it then, although they have since made that possible. Uh, but one thing to be aware of once they do bring this paid for online subscription service any free services that are currently out there for online playing but online gaming will disappear so this will be a replacement for the what is currently a free service so you're going to get more with it you're going to have your option to save games to the cloud they're not saying every game will have that but they will certainly i think all games going forward will have it um but yeah it's just if you're relying on the free <laughs> option at the moment, you are going to. There's a bit of. I think they always said it's going to be charged. They,
1: they did. They did. They always um, said from from day one.
0: You know. So I think that that bit of it. You know, playing online, they always says at
1: some point bring the paid service, and it's taken a bit longer, but it comes in September
0: but they have another sweet sweetener is they are offering ten, 10 emulated NES games so as part of that service you can just have some play some old classics um <laughs> you, look, you, you you give me a face of whatever but actually you've just bought one of their little hardware <laughs> emulators yeah, but, but to play the, to play old classic games but they,
1: but they talked about bringing out a kind of virtual arcade type thing as part of the this and that seems to have been ditched they've just said yeah here's some 10 NAF NES games and, I'm, and I'm, I know I've invested <laughs> but you in my You a Nes, a little Nez. No, I bought a Snes Mini. different. Right, it's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just. I don't know. There's just something about Nintendo and online and just how it works. It all just feels a bit still hacked together. It's clunky is the word. It's just. It remind. It reminds me of when you know Xbox Live for probably five, six, seven years, just just to spank Sony. Um, yeah, yeah. It just exactly. no matter what Sony did, you were like, "Why are you doing this?". And
0: then the Xbox One came out. <laughs> <laughs> and they quick did. It cocked everything up a little bit, didn't it? And they have since recovered it, so we should... We should exactly. You know, exactly. Everything's back to running pretty normally on Xbox now, which is nice.
1: So uh, I think most folk are probably spending $20 a year.
0: Yeah, it's hard, though, because I don't really use the service now, and I don't know where I'd use it too much. So I might, I might just because it's not very much money, is it? Yeah,
1: but in a month's time, when we both pick up tennis, I'll be beating you
0: at tennis. There you go. <laughs> So that is the news. Quite a few announcements, quite a few te- firms telling us where they're going and what they're doing. We've still got Apple to come in probably next month. We should know a bit more about...
1: Start of direction. June, so, so two weeks and Monday.
0: Yeah, so not far away now. We should find out what they're up to and and that'll be add to the whole kind of overall picture uh, and the overall picture right now is AI from, <laughs> you know, watch out, the robots are coming. Um, so I think that's probably... If you, well, our pick can be what was the code editor you mentioned?
1: Um, So Visual Studio Code, VS
0: Code. So go and search for VS Code uh, and have a look at that. Uh, I'm not going to do a pick uh, that, i'll just I'll, I'll use that one as well uh if you want to find out more about what we are what we do who we are etc cetera, etc cetera, digital com is our website you can talk to us info at dot is our email address and we are on twitter as digital outbox i am also on twitter personally as cheesy uk and if you want to find out all about my racing i have put now blog entries up there academy uk. ian what about you um
1: bloggersindie.net twitter is sweeper. And I'm guessing at some point I need to kind of come cleaning all the photography stuff I'm doing and start giving those out as well. So, so once
0: you've got your end results and where you're gonna where you're gonna live in the photography empire world, then yeah. Oh I've
1: I've got my separate Instagram account already up and running. Got my yeah. separate Twitter and Facebook accounts already up and
0: running. All right. You get yourself sorted before the big reveal and we'll we'll tell everyone about that next time. Oh, no, Thank you very long. much for listening. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Goodbye. ta
1: yeah, it's too long to do all that. Can't read all, can't read out like 50 <laughs> so seconds.
0: You just have to be, have to pick and choose, don't you?
1: I thought you were going to see Pikachu there, and I was like, no, I'm not going to be Pikachu. Pikachu.